0: What a special time to be together this morning. Amen. Amen. I almost didn't want to leave the piano. The safety of the keys. The beautiful presence of Jesus. How many are thankful we get to end our year on this last Sunday at the feet of Jesus together? Um, Praise the Lord. Well, I just want to share an encouraging promise. I'm very nostalgic. You know, I like thinking about new beginnings. Am I the only one or are you with me? Say amen if you're with me. I like the thought of a, of a, of a calendar turning and a new year dawning. And I have all these hopes, dreams, and ambitions to become this better person, more godly, more spirit-filled and spirit-led and kind and tender. And then I wake up on January 1st and I realize, well, oh, crud, I'm the same man, <laughs> amen? who is always invited to grow if I'll stay in partnership with Jesus, amen? <laughs> and so without diving into like the deep end of like compelling vision, here's all of these high hopes, I do, I do want to talk a little bit about vision, I want to talk a little bit about um, why I think Jesus offers the best one, amen? Amen? And to just settle our hearts into the, the, the beautiful gospel soil of just the foundations of our faith and confession. That Jesus Christ, at, at its heart, being a Christian is about following the most compelling person on the planet, Jesus Christ. The most loving, powerful, wise, generous, kind, just. And so before we get there, I want to do two stops before we get there. So open up your Bibles. I want to talk about um, what we see with our natural eyes is not always what it seems. Has anyone ever seen something with your eyes and upon closer inspection, it wasn't all that you hoped it'd be? Am I the only one? Where, where when you viewed something, an opportunity, an open door, Uh, a new toy you just bought for Christmas that you already got on your Amazon return, like, pipeline. Come on, somebody. When you saw it with your natural eye, something inside is like, I want that, I need, or worse, I need that. Uh, I want that, I've got to go after that. Until you got there and you're like, oh, I wish I would have checked in and, like, realized, like, in the kingdom of God, it's never just what you see with your cortex or whatever, the anatomy of your eye is. Amen. And so I want to start in Genesis 13, and then I want to go to Numbers 13. Isn't that helpful? They both start with 13. And then I want to get to Jesus. We always get to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you come upon us now as we make quick work for the sake of everyone's sanity in this room. And we just think a little bit about What are we looking toward? What are we looking for? What are we hoping in as we prepare to turn a calendar year into a new year, into the new beginning of 2022? We're asking that you would grip our hearts this morning, Holy Spirit. In Jesus mighty and matchless name, we all said amen and amen. Genesis chapter 13. So God has already called Abram, who is infamously known as Abraham. How many had ham yesterday? Okay, moving on. Any hands? Any hammers? No Christmas hams? Okay, a few Christmas hams, praise God. How was it? Pretty good? Decent? Be honest. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, okay, medium. We got a medium over here. If you're sitting next to the one who cooked it, you should probably just put your thumb up. Okay? Keeping the peace in the house of the Lord. That has nothing to do with the message. Let's just get straight into it. Lord. So God has already called Abram and decided to rework his purposes and plans for the world through a man and through this man's family. He gives him the epic promise through you and your offspring, I'm going to bless the nations. Everyone's going to be blessed through what I do in this little family and through your offspring in particular, Abram. And Abram already is like walking in in some sense of royalty. He's a wealthy man. He leaves home. And he's just, everywhere he goes, he's blessed. He's a priest, he's a prophet, he's like a king. And he has this nephew called Lot. Everyone say Lot. And they start growing because the blessing of God is on Abram. Come on, someone. Anyone been around someone blessed? And when you're around them, all of the boats rise up to tide level. Anyone knows someone who's just blessed? I don't just mean financial. I mean with wisdom or character. Raise your hand. If you're around someone that lives the kingdom life, and you're like, "Eh, I want to be like them. That's Abram. So Lot is like a recipient because he's related to the blessing on the man of God. And they're both getting so blessed that they're like, oh man, the land that we're occupying, it can't, uh, what's the word? It can't, huh? It can't sustain both of us. And so here, here's what I want you to see. This hit this me this week as I was dabbling in this story. Look, look what Abram does. So God promised Abram to you and your offspring. Uh, you're going to have more offspring. I'll make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. All peoples on earth will be blessed for you, through you. And then he says in verse 7 of chapter 12, The Lord appeared to Abram, To your offspring I will give this land. Say, this land. <laughs> who had a, and he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. So Abraham already has this undergirding promise. Everyone say promise. Amen. He's got this blessing. And he's got this assignment. You know, not a bad day. To get all three from the Lord. And so Lot and Abram are like, we can't live in the same space, so we need to separate. And so watch, watch this passage. This is story number one, and I'm going to, you've got to hurry up. So, so, so you get the story. There's too many flocks, there's too many servants, too many animals. There's just too much stuff happening. We need space. It's kind of like probably most of us this week. Maybe you're detoxing, not from a substance, but from family. <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke. It wasn't funny. Anyone know what I mean when you need some space? I don't mean that. My mother-in-law's here. I don't need space at all for my family. I'm talking about all you people. I just talked to a friend on the way. He was already on the way home. I won't mention his name, because some of you may know him. But he's like, a week was too long. Come on, somebody. Again, that's never been my experience, obviously, with my in-laws or my biological family, or my spiritual family. Just kidding. So. Um, So they need to separate. Abram's got the promise. He's got the blessing and he's got this seed that's beginning to grow in his heart. I'm going to give you the land. And so what do they need to do? They need to they need to divvy up the space. Look at the criteria that Lot uses when choosing. Let's go there. In verse verse 8 of chapter 13, Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, brother. (laughs) Come on. Between your herdsmen and mine. For we're brothers. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Upon first inspection, this feels a little reckless. If your inheritance is based on the land you're going to occupy. Can I get an amen? Like, you go to the left, I'll go right. You go right, I go left. But watch the description of how Lot comes to the conclusion of what land he wants to pick. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord. Say that with me, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, toward Zohar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Thank you, narrator, for telling us. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. Everyone say east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Ooh. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. And so what I want you to see is, is, is I don't have time to unpack this because this is a stepping stone to our next story, but I want you to see that Lot based his choice on land by what he saw with his eyes. And every time you're reading the Bible, especially, many, many of you are going to start Bible reading programs, which is awesome. In 2022, you should. They're beautiful. There's a billion types to choose from. And so you'll probably get through at least this part of Genesis when you start the new year. And what you have gotta notice in Genesis is that the further east you go, the more wicked it gets. Everyone say, the further east, the more wicked. When he drives them out of Eden, they're going east. The further east, the further from God. And so Lot, this is the master storyteller of Genesis, he looks out into the east. It looks like Garden 2.0. Oh. It looks like Egypt. It looks like, with his natural eye, when what has already happened in the East, in chapter chapter 11, was Babel, the debacle when humanity wanted to build civilization without reverence for or reference to God. God scatters them and they go all over the earth. He doesn't take into consideration because it's, it's wicked lot. He just bases his choice and his future just by what he sees with his natural eye. And if you read the storyline, don't have time, the very next chapter in verse 12, because of where dude chose to build his settlement, the, the four eastern kings come and they sweep away all the tribal lords and the five lesser kings of that region, including the city of Sodom and Sodom. So already by the next chapter, because of lots choice to base a. Because of Lot's heart posture to make a choice just by what he saw with his natural eye, not in the promises and purpose or or the leadership of the Lord, just by what he saw and he went out to grab it, he already finds himself pillaged by occupying armies. The very next chapter in Genesis chapter 14. How many have ever been there? You grabbed for it. When you got it, you found, oh, it didn't offer the freedom, the hope, the pleasure, the joy. I wanted it to. But you entered into like a new realm of now how am I going to get, up, get rid of this thing? Am I the only one? I'm talking to myself today, obviously. Whereas, look what Abram said. After Lot chose to go east and he saw paradise and he, he didn't check in with God. <coughs> that looks good. Look what he says in verse 14. The Lord said to Abram after, everyone say after, Lot had parted from him. Now, look at this. When God tells you to lift your eyes, lift them up. Amen. Oh, I like that. The Lord said to Abraham, Lot, on his own initiative, looks up. Ooh, Garden 2.0. I know all the guys and people there are wicked, but I, it looks good. A little less work for me. It's well watered. I don't have to ship the water in or rely on this one source from the mountains over here. But when God speaks, he tells him, lift up your eyes from where you are. And look north and south, east and west. Oh, this is so cool. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. And then look what he tells them to do after Lot goes and settles for lesser go and walk the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. Amen. So as we think about 2022, we peer over many of us, many of us maybe are in the valley of decision about our jobs, not everyone, they, they just, you know, I, I listened to one of my ser- friend's sermons, he talked about the, the great resignation, they called it, many are, are resigning or transitioning or moving, um, and in fact, anyway, it's beside the point. But many of us are going, hey, God, what is 22 going to shape out to be? What what are you calling us into? And my my encouragement as we peer over, and I hope you spend the next few days or, or a week or so, at least in the morning or at night or whenever you get some time to set apart. And I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you see for me, for my family, for our church, for my job? Begin to ask the Lord for his vision, for what he sees, for where he's taking you. Lot didn't check in, and it cost him gravely. It ended up costing him his wife. Go to chapter 19. All of Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. His daughters, there's the Moabites, the Amorites. It's not good when you just settle for what you see with your eyes. That's the lesson. Whereas Abram's like, go to the left or the right, I don't care. I'm operating out of a different system called faith and favor. And what's amazing, after Lot goes, and by implication, all of his herds, all of his the noise, cattle, and all of this, then God's like, hey, dude, lift up your eyes. How many want to respond to God's invitation to lift up our eyes and to begin to see what he sees into the next year? And then what does he end up doing? He's like, Lot went east, but look east, west, north, and south. It's all going to be yours someday. So point number one, step number one, when we think about vision, when we think about a new year, when we think about what God might have for us as his people, as his royal sons and daughters, we have to, to move beyond settling for just what we see with our natural eye. If you understand point one, say amen. amen. All right, go to Numbers 13. That was good. Whew, that's a good passage. I want more of that, but we don't have time. Let's go. Numbers 13. Hundreds of years have passed, at least 430 at least, when God gave the promise to Abram and Abraham in Genesis 12 and then 15 and 17 and then 22. And here Moses is leading the people out. They're wandering through the wilderness. Who's ever felt like they've been just endlessly wandering? How many felt like it's been one long wilderness for 20 plus months? And so they're close enough to the promised land. Moses has an idea. Let's send out 12 spies. Let them check out what the land of promise, the same land that God promised Abram when he gave him a vision of what he was going to give him as an inheritance. And so here's the backstory. They send out the 12 spies. And let's just read a few verses and I'll make a few comments and, and, and move right on. In Numbers chapter 13... Moses asked in verse 17, When you go to explore the land, go up through the Negev on the hill country. See what the land is like. And whether the people who live there are strong or weak or few or many, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or unwalled, fortified? What kind of, like, how is the soil? Look at Moses. He's so smart. I wouldn't think to ask how is the soil. Come on. Is it fertile or is it poor? Are there trees on it or not? And I love this. This is Moses' all-time request. Do your breath best to bring back some of the fruit of the land because it was the season of the first grapes. Hallelujah. So they went up and they explored the land. And then two of them, when they reached, verse 23, Uh, the valley of Eskal, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole. It must have been a big, heavy, weighty cluster if two dudes have to carry a cluster of grapes. Amen? (laughs) So they're carrying huge fruit in a pole, and they also took some pomegranates and figs. Oh, who likes pomegranates? Praise God. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Everyone get the scene, 12 spies, check it out. Is the soil good? Are the towns big? Are there walls unwalled, fortified, unfortified? What about the people? Moses just wants some intel. How many know it's okay to use our God-given brains and wisdom to check things out? How many know faith is not just blind faith? Faith is based on the solidity and the strength of a person who makes promises and who fulfills his promises. There's no such thing as a blind faith. And so, God, go check it out. And many of us are checking it out. God, what do you have for us in 2022? We're asking these great questions. What do you think, God? What about my job? What, like, we're asking for his wisdom. We're bringing our, our spiritual family into it, our biological family. We, we want to be inquisitive and ask great questions. How many have ever been in a season of question asking? And how many are thankful that you spent a season asking questions? Most of the time, they came back to Moses and Aaron and they reported to them and the whole assembly, verse 26, and they showed them the fruit of the land. Then, verse 27, we're almost there. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But everyone say, but. Oh. The people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And what I want you to see, contrast, Lot. he on his own presumption, lifts up his eyes, doesn't think to check in with God, oh look, garden 2.0, I know it's east, I know it never goes well when you go east, farther away from God. And he takes it, and he ends up in exile already the next chapter. Abram has to rescue him, and in 19, his wife dies, pillar of salt, looks back, because when you settle, it's hard to get out of settling mode. Ooh, that's a good word right there. And here's this promise, and they, and, and they see the fruit. It's unbelievable, but they acknowledge. The, see, some, there's some bad teaching in the church that says just ignore every obstacle. Act like it's not there. If you say it, it has... Listen... They did not ignore that the cities were powerful, the people were big, that there was real opposition. Can I get an amen? We don't live in a Petri dish and we don't live in a greenhouse. Yes, we have favor and we have the Lord, we're his sons and daughters, we're royalty, but we are in a war. There is real opposition and difficulty in life, amen. Right, we don't ignore that. And so here's the thing. Story number one, basing choices on what you see with your natural eyes. Story number two, what they see with their natural eye is in conflict with the promise that they're carrying in their heart. I'll give you the land. Yeah, it is really good fruit. Yeah, look at this it's huge. I have to carry it with a pole. Two guys, pomegranate. It does flow with milk and honey, but it's occupied. It's hard. The cities are, like, the walls are big. Come on, somebody. Just because he gives us a promise doesn't mean there's not going to be a fight to possess that promise. And so the Israelites had, a, had an opportunity here. Will we make our collective choice based on what we see and then the walls that stand in the way of that promise... Or will we trust that if God says it's ours, it's ours, no matter how big the mountains, how tall the giants, how fortified the walls, how difficult and arduous the journey, if he promised it, he'll deliver on his word. This is where we live. It's called the fight of faith for a reason. Amen. And Caleb, all of these guys, the other ten, they're like, it's really beautiful fruit, amazing stuff, but... It's the infamous three-letter word. And then I love Caleb. One of the reasons why I called my son Caleb, right? Come on, baby. I just saw him. He said, it's my name. That's right, son. (laughs) Caleb silenced him. He's like, stop. We should go do it. (laughs) Come on. How many want just that Caleb spirit? If he said it, we want to do it. If he promised it, we're going to possess it. Amen. Let's go do it. We can certainly do it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread, say spread. They spread, I lost it, among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they'd explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. Don't have time to talk about the Nephilim. Look it up. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. And that night, the whole community of people wept aloud and raised their voices, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. If only we died in Egypt oh, or in the desert, why would the Lord bring us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children would be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said, shouldn't we just pick another leader to go back to Egypt? And then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the Israelite, whole Israelite assembly Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because the Lord will swallow. Look at that. He'll swallow them up and their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Amen. So we have two choices as we look at 2022. Number one, we could just go the lot route. What's the easiest? Well water, garden 2.0. Don't check in with the Lord. Just whatever Makes sense to me, sounds good. It'll pad my stats, it'll increase my bottom line. That's cool. No kingdom vision, no checking in with the Lord, no, Lord is, but is that what you want? Is that what you, no, I'm in. I just saw it with my eyes, I want it. Option one, how many want to choose option one? <makes noise> option two, God is still on his throne. Yes, even in 2021 and 2022. There is adversity. There's rampant rage against the Son of God, the King who reigns on on, on God's throne. Uh, listen, I don't anticipate culture getting more cozy to the Christian faith. All of these things that are that are that are realities, walls that are thick, that are high, giants, adversity. But God promises, and God cannot lie. Hebrews chapter six tells us. So option two is we look up because God invites us to look to see what He's doing. To believe what he's saying and to move out with his promise as the wind at our back. And with his presence as the one who goes before us and makes a way. Will we choose to to see what God sees, to dream with God, to agree with his purposes and plans for 2022 and prepare to strap up because it will be a battle. Come on, somebody say amen. It will be a battle. Option two is not necessarily the like least resistant. There's giants there. Come on. But if he's with us, who can be against us? Somebody say no one. If he's with us and that infamous line has marked my life, I've been chewing on it for years. Caleb says the most wise sentence, one of the most wise sentences in the Bible, in my humble opinion. If he's pleased with us, what does it say? He will lead us. Say it with me. If he's pleased with us, he will lead us. One more time. If he's pleased with us, he will lead us. What if we took all of our angst Does anyone in this room besides me struggle with anxiety when I look at the future? Or a little bit of worry? A little bit of apprehension? Can we just be honest in the house? I mean, it's rampant. Not just in believers in the church, but in the world. Anxiety and depression and all of these things. So we want to be honest. But listen friends, the invitation is we end 2021, and I'm landing the plane here. I'll get to the other stuff next week and the weeks that what if we took all of that angst, all of that anxiety, all of that uncertainty, all of that built up or pent up fear, and what if we just leveraged it, like our logo, I love it, and we just aimed it at one overarching goal in our life. God, the real battle is, if, if, if you're pleased with me because of my heart, because of my yes toward you. Because of my resistance to just live by what I see with Chad's eyes, I want my spiritual eyes open so that I can see what you see, God. What if we spend all of our energy just saying, God, we want to live a life that pleases you, and what if that, if that battle is won, then every other war and battle is a sure victory? Amen. Did you get what I just said? What if we poured all of that anxiety, and listen, I'm talking to myself, this has a bullseye on my heart, All of that, all of the what ifs, all of the, God, but it's hard, it's difficult, the tall, the walls, the mountains, the whatever. What if I poured all of that energy that could just get used on what I would say a a misguided appropriation of energy and mental focus? And come on, somebody, how many have ever like left a worry session and thought that was a great energy well spent? Right? How many have ever like been riddled with fear and anxiety for hours or days, weeks, months, or years? And you're like, man, that was that was I'm being I know I'm being facetious, but come on, somebody. None of us leaves a session like that inside of us and goes, that was redemptive, well spent time. What if we took all of that time we could live in the land of worry on this side of the Jordan, just admiring how tall the walls and how tall the giants? What if instead we said, God, I'm gonna use all of my 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 all of my agency all of my ability to choose my focus lord my priorities my practices i want to aim all of them at the center of your heart because at the end of the day if we win by the holy spirit that battle to please him he'll lead us all the way in oh come on somebody all of that land god i'm worried though god but what about this nope i'm going to seek his face God, but what about the what ifs? What if plan like plan B, plan C? I'm not anti-planning. Give me a break. But there are, th- there are issues behind the issues. There are ultimate issues, amen, that God always wants to bring us to, the issue of our heart. Will you trust me? Will you live by faith and not just by sight and not just by feeling and not just by what you're you know, in the mood for today? Will you live in step? with my word and my heart. And so Caleb gives the most epic one liner. If he's pleased with us, he'll lead us all the way in. How many have ever known seasons, maybe you're in one now, of the pleasure of the Lord? Don't be shy. This is not spiritual boasting or arrogance. God, God, I know you're pleased with me. Not because I did A, B, C, and D. But because right now, Lord, we're we're walking together step by step. You want to live a life that pleases the Lord? Live a life of perpetual surrender, God. I can't. You can. You promised it. I can't deliver. You can't. I'm trusting you. I want to walk with you step and step. How do I please the Lord? I love this. Let's end right here. So, option one, Lot. Just do what you feel, what you think, what it looks like to your eye. Option two, it's a fight, but there's a promise in the fight, and He's going to be with us. Amen? (laughs) Lastly, go to Micah. It's the infamous, 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 infamous. We'll land the plane here. Micah 6 8, you guys could quote it at me. (laughs) Say it. Oh, he just wanted to give the beginning part. Say amen when you get there. Amen. The kids are doing so wonderful, aren't they? They're doing amazing, I'm sure, And the adults are doing pretty good, too. I'm gonna to start with verse six, because verse eight is only really cool when you read the context. I mean, it's always cool, but you know what I mean. And so the prophet has just got done, You know, Israel's rebelling, should we trust God, should we not? God's like, what did I ever do? I've always fulfilled my end of the covenant promise. Come on, who's ever argued with God? What are you going to argue with him? (laughs) And so now the argument, God has used the prophet to be this mouthpiece. Like you guys, like what have I ever done on my end that have not overly abundantly provided all that you would ever need optimally to fulfill the, the plans I've had for your life? That's God's perspective. People's perspective, we're just off in the weeds, you know, in our idolatry. And we settle, we settle, we settle like Lot. We settle with just what we think, what we feel, what we want. So in verse 6, the, the, the prophet says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before Him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord, look at? here's the P word, Will the Lord be pleased with the thousands of rams, with ten thousands rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer, this is... Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? You see the prophet, he's asking the question that that Josh, that Caleb said, if he's pleased, he'll lead. No matter how hard the journey is, if he's pleased with us, he'll never abandon his people and he'll always fulfill his promise. Somebody say amen. amen. And so here's the prophet, he's basically asking, how do we live a life that pleases you then? Who's ever asked that to the Lord? How do I, how do I please you? And then he does these, this, man, I live here. I'm an Enneagram 4. I'm an artist. I'm, like a, I'm a, such an emotional goofball all the time. I love my wife. She keeps me my feet grounded, my, 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 uh, my eyes focused. But one day the sun is the most beautiful, warm, attractive, glowing light. The next day it's scorching my skin. That's my reality. You get what I'm saying? I'm just being honest here. Anybody else? So I, I, I empathize with the prophet. What should I bring God? What's going to please him? How do I make him happy? 10,000 oil jars, a thousand rams. Will he be happy? Guys, what does God want? What would God who created everything with his words ever need from our end? The one thing he can't force, which is your yielded heart. Your heart that says yes to love. Your heart that says yes, I want you more than like what you do, more than what you promise. I want you, God. Amen. And I love the prophet. Will he be pleased with thousands of rams or 10,000 rivers of oil? Even laying down his own firstborn? Is this going to make God happy? Look at this. He has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to what? Say it. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What if at the end of the day, what if 2022 was the year, and in the back end we're planning for the year, we believe it is going to be the year, where we learn as a spiritual community how to walk with God. Come on down. Look at that. The God who makes everything, the God who owns everything, the God who is the author and finisher of faith and of life. The God of he, Job said if he took his breath away from planet Earth, everything would go back to dust. What do I do to please you? I want to walk with you. And if you walk with me, you'll start loving the things that I love and you'll start doing the things I'm about. That's the justice and mercy. Amen. The closer you walk with me, the more I am going to be seen in the eyes of those who see you in your life. What do I gotta do to please you? Here's the huge, heavy answer. Walk with me. As a friend, as my love, as my son or my daughter. How many to get together today wanna take a huge collective breath and say, Could it be that good? Could it be that simple? Is it easy? Yes or no? Well, in theory, it's, it's simple. It's easy. But will we always be tempted to live out of the lot mindset? Oh, look, frost. Oh, squirrel. Oh, look, cool. Look, land. Right? Distracted, hurried, busy. But what does the Lord require of us, saints, to walk? with him. Which path will you choose? As you think about 2022, as you think about the journey that is before us, all of the promises and purposes of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And all of them flow from relationship with Jesus Christ. He has shown us what pleases him we look to Jesus and we see the life that pleases God. The life of relationship. Everyone say relationship. The life of reliance upon Him. Love for Him because He loved us first. And So can you stand on your feet? I want to just read this passage. We're going to unpack so much more together. <coughs> But please, as your friend and as your brother and a fellow pilgrim in this church family, please spend a few moments this week. I'm not going to give you a time frame because some need longer than others. Amen. But spend time as we wind down 2021 and go on a journey with Jesus and say, Lord, when you look out, what do you see? I want to lift my eyes up because you're inviting me to lift my eyes up, not because of my presumption or my pride. And literally, just grab grab your smartphone, grab a piece of paper, grab your journal. Man, grab a friend. Dream together. Lord, what might you call us into? What promises are still on the table that you've invited us to go after with you, Jesus, in relationship and partnership? And it's okay, like, 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 the, like the spies in Numbers 13. Write down some of your questions. How many are thankful for the Psalms, and for all the Bible, but the Psalms that are honest? Lord, where are you? Why not? What happened? Come on, I love the honesty. God is not afraid of our honesty, hallelujah. He's not afraid of our fears or our inadequacies. He's accounted for all of that in His epic story, where He's going to be the one who gets all the glory. But spend time this week. I am going to spend time this week. God, as I think back and I look ahead, I want to be like Caleb and Joshua, filled with your promise, convinced that if we are pleased, you'll lead. And I want to have a a, a faith that is willing to brave the adversity and the storms and not just forever pick the the path of least resistance because no one wants that path at the end of the day. We want to see the God who raises the dead be glorified. All of us do if you're in the kingdom. We want to live that story. He put that inside of us. And if he's pleased, he will lead. It's a fact. It's a promise. What does he want from us? To walk with us. I want to just read this promise, man. This promise works every day, especially on the last Sunday of the year. <laughs> and every, every day, every moment. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. This is the infamous invitation to a life that pleases God. Amen. I love it. Come to me. Nope. I'm going to read the context. 20, this is it. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to children. How many are happy so far? How the kingdom works. Yes, Father, for that was what you were pleased to do. There's our word. All things have been committed to me, Jesus, by my father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. And here's our invitation as you go into this week processing with the Lord and with some friends or, or, or those in your life. Here's the invitation this week. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble or meek in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How do I please you? Ah, come to me. (laughs) Let me take those things. Learn to walk with me, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, as we look over the fence, we trust you for today, we seek first your kingdom and righteousness, but as we just ponder with you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit and Father, with your word open, with our journal and pen ready, or smartphone, whatever you write with. God, as we think about what you're calling us into individually, As families and as a spiritual community, would you begin to release, Lord, your word, your plans, your purposes and promises. But God, through it all, we want to respond to the most epic invitation of all, which is to live a life that actually pleases God. And that is the life of faith and trust in the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. The life that pleases you is a life in step with your son, Jesus. There is no other way to please you. There is no other way. We couldn't bring a billion sacrifices. Lord, you are pleased with your son and your son invites us to find our life in him. And so, Lord, this week, in the name of Jesus, I pray you would free up some space on our hard drives that we would spend time with you reflecting and then responding to your good leadership. Holy Spirit, I pray for the infilling of your love for every person in this room and those watching online. Would you lead us into 2022 with hearts on fire in your love, amen? With minds that are clear and filled with your thoughts and with hands and feet ready to move as you lead. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give God glory for his goodness? Have a wonderful week and happy new year. Bless you. Come on up if you need prayer.